Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Hello and welcome back to the Bad Movie Cult podcast. My name is Dominic Lawton and with me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Kenby Wild. Hello and a happy new year, everyone. It's weird, isn't it? We're in the future, Ken. The year 2024. Whoa. What's it like? Have a little look round. Uh, oh, I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm, I'm liking it. There's like flying cars and shit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, Cresswell, Cresswell predicted, I believe, after all. <laughs> I mean, people will be hearing this in the future. And events such yeah, as these I, I will... hope I hope we don't watch any better films or worse films from now until we actually release this. That would make us yeah. a liar. That would really piss me off, to be honest with you, if I watch something amazing in the next... Well, I've been trying. I've been uh, been hitting the Nicolas Cage just in case he's going to sneak himself in somewhere. Yeah, he's he's been on your every one of your lists since we started this podcast, hasn't he? I think he was on both lists, wasn't he, last year? I think so. I think he absolutely was in, he was. He was. Best and the worst, wasn't he? Yeah. I think he was in yours as well, I think. He was definitely on my worst. He might have been on my best as well, yeah. Let's see if he crops up again this year. So, uh, as always, we'll start with the worst films of 2023. Uh, do you want to go first or second, Ken? Uh, I will always go second because, uh, as you know, I've not written any uh, kind of number next mm-hmm. to any of mine. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, you always yes. catch me off guard, don't you, every 12 months? Yeah, yeah. We only had 12 months to sort these lists. Start from number five, work our way down to number one of the worst film of the year that we've seen. Uh, if one of us says one that the other has on the list, then they'll say which number it is on their list, and we'll just discuss it at that same time. And we have to uh, we have to justify it as well, don't we? Yeah, but it should be we have fun. To qu- quantify it. I had a, a difficult time with this worst list. I don't know about you. I don't know how you got on with it, but I really struggled with it. There's some on this like worst list that I don't even really think are that bad. <laughs> there's um there's some of mine, some of my worst lists uh, that I absolutely loved watching. <laughs> but, but the film itself is shit. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle with mine as well. Yeah. And there's two on this list that I watched right the way back in January, so I don't even remember them. So, let's see how that gets on. I make a list um every year, keep a, a Keep a list on my phone of all the films I've watched, and I put a little star rating next to them so I can remember if I liked them or not. But so, so you remember you didn't like them, but you don't know why you didn't like them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind. Of, that's the kind of in-depth kind of review we're going to be dealing with today to wrap up you the year. Fall over. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fall off your chair. I fell off my hover bike because <laughs> I'm in the future. <laughs> so I'm going to start, Ken. Go for with it. My number five. Yep. And it's a film called Sick. Nice. Oh, sounds good to start with. Have you heard of the film Sick? Um, I don't know. It was uh, written by the guy who wrote Scream, so Kevin Williamson. So you could you bet your fucking ballsack there's a reference or two in there. Right. It's a is this, is film. This, is this, yeah, I was going to say, is it a film about like a fucking home invasion or something? It is. While quarantining at her family's lake house during the pandemic, 
Parker and her best friend are threatened by an unexpected visitor. Right, okay. I have heard of this then. I haven't seen it, I don't think. Uh, from what I remember of it, I think there's about three characters in it, so the kill count isn't very high on it. I very, I remember it being very COVID-centric. I remember the reasoning for the killer to be doing it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and I remember just not really... I haven't really enjoyed a Kevin Williamson film for a while. I, I find him too... He's, he almost references himself now, and he's all of his dialogue's a bit too, like, you know, back and forth, quipster. The quip. The quipper. Yeah. I remember thinking it was way too COVID-heavy, even though I'm guessing that's the point, but I, I didn't enjoy it. You say you, you hadn't seen it, no? I've not seen it, no. I do remember uh, hearing of it, and uh, I thought to myself... If it's ever just there, I'll watch it, but I'm not mm. that bothered. Well, you know what? And I was sitting there last night when I was making my list and I was like, should I re-watch it now and see what I think? And I was like, I really don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you lot. <laughs> well, that's absolutely fine, isn't it? That's, that's that's what it's all about, after all. I think I did all right there, considering I don't remember it. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've really covered it well. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! What have you got then, Ken? Um, well, I've, I've, I've got loads. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, no, no, Ken, what I want is your number five. <laughs> I think this happened last year. I said I found it really difficult to do my bottom five, and I've come. Up, I've got about twelve. <laughs> twelve, yeah, great. I have no also runs for this, by the way. So in at number fourteen, I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know though. You see, that's my issue with this. This best and worst, and I and I know I know we do this every year. But I've got the same issue, <laughs> and I know you year. say this is the same fucking sentence every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the script I wrote for year one. Um, this is just the snippet, the recording. I'm just going to put it in from last year. Some of these films are fucking funny, but they're funny because they're shit. And I don't know if that constitutes what we're looking for or whether I'm saying what I just did not like in any way. So what are the rules? Is it that? Well, Ken, thanks for asking the rules as we're recording the episode. <laughs> I'm going to go with a couple that you'll have heard of. Okay, let's. I'm doing it that way because I think last year you didn't heard of any of mine. I've certainly not seen them. I'm going for number five. I have got Heart of Stone. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> Bloody Gal Gadot, isn't it? Who? Gal Gadot. Oh, God. I can see why it's on the worst list already. Carry on. <laughs> It was from uh, last year, this year, this year, last year, 2023. Bloody um, hell, it was good for you. Yeah. And it's usually um, you're it, like, my number three is the 1973 film. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm doing the ones you've heard of first. So as not to lose, not to lose the listeners. <laughs> no, this, this one, it's, um, I think it was a net out on Netflix and it came out in August and, uh, I watched it and, Fucking hell, it is funny. It is one of the funniest films. It wasn't my choice. I didn't want to watch it, but it was on. And I was all set to hate the fucking thing. And I was just laughing all the way through. I had a massive smile on my face before the opening credits had started. It was that fucking ridiculous. She's called Stone. And uh, she's an intelligent operative. Just so, you know, just she just works... 
just at the back, just hanging around whilst all the uh, agents go in and do all their shit until she has, gets called into action. And that's like in the first three minutes. So it doesn't last long, this uh, stay at the back. She gets told not to get out of the van and uh, instantly gets out of the van because everything goes wrong in the worst fucking planned attack I've ever seen. Everyone's an obvious fucking agent. They're supposed to be like blending in and nobody knows they're there, but they're walking around talking to themselves because they've got fucking earpieces in. And, uh, <laughs> and they're just so stand out. It's fucking unbelievable. It's like none of them have tried to blend in at all. And um, this is like the opening scene. They're on, they're on top of a mountain in a top secret party where they're trying to infiltrate a hacker who's selling nuclear weapons or some shit to some elusive, never-been-seen fucking terrorist. And uh, and this is just the opening scene. It's got fuck all to do with the rest of the film. It's brilliant. She's like, it turns out she's like some sort of fucking James Bond, John Wick, Jason Bourne, all fucking rolled into one, and a pretty lady as well. So you wouldn't expect it, you see. But fucking hell, it's funny. She goes down the mountain. They've got people guiding her down the mountain, telling her where people are so she can kill them. I don't know how they know where everyone else is. They've got a big laser fucking screen in the middle of the room that they can keep touching stuff and moving things around. You know, like, like you can do if you're in the shadowy secret operative agency. And uh, she gets down to the bottom of the thing and then she fucking goes back up the mountain. It's like, this, what, what's she doing? But honestly, I loved it. I was laughing all the way. They try and do like a um, a sudden, she's been double-crossed by the person you'd least expect. Oh, no, it's that one that you thought was definitely a fucking like, double-crosser. Yeah, they are. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and all the time, nobody knows that she's doing all this. So not even her agency thinks she's any good at this. That's why she was always told to stay in the van. So she's like a secret, secret operative. Wow. It's amazing stuff. It really is. And I fucking laugh my head off all the way through it. It's not It's not a funny film, supposedly, but it's got Gal Gadot in it, Jamie Dornan, and uh, it is fucking brilliant. Really, really made me laugh. But in the fact that it's so fucking inept, I loved it. And that's my worst... <laughs> that's number five on my worst list. <laughs> Excellent. Plus, Gal Gadot just... Fucking terrible acting as well. I didn't care. I, I was just looking at her. I'm more than happy to look at her for a couple of hours. I mean, she always <laughs> asked me not to, but, uh, you know, whatever. And that's it. Number five. Enjoyed it. If you really, if you do like shit films and they're just fucking nonsense, no idea what the budget is. It's a Netflix film. They've overdone everything and it's fucking amazing. Really, really bad film, but loved it. Oh, there you go. And where, where can we see that? Netflix, did you say? Yeah, it's got everything. Honestly, if you if you like secret agent films and all of the special effects and all of that fucking nonsense, you know, sliding off a cliff, uh, grabbing a parachute on your way down the cliff, putting it on just as you go off the edge, landing in the fucking war zone. They've got zeppelins fucking exploding. They've got motorbike chases. It's fucking unbelievable. Honestly, it's brilliant. So terrible. I laugh my fucking ass off all the way through it. <laughs> Fully recommended in a terrible way. Okay. Well, my number four is The Tall Man. Oh, interesting. So this is uh, 2012. 
directed by the same man that did Martyrs, the French yeah. Martyrs, Pascal Logier. Pascal Logier. And it. I think this is this is rated so low for me is because I went into it with no idea. It's his first English language film. Um, and I went into it with no idea what it was about, if it was any good or not. Is it uh, Jessica Biel one, is it? Jessica Biel, that is, yeah, correct, right. yeah. Yeah, I uh, watched so. it, and it's shit. <laughs> to put it mildly, it's boring. It wasn't scary. It's it's about children going missing, and it's something to do with the legend of the tall man who led, who apparently abducts them. Um, there's like a twi- again similar to Martyrs. There's a twist pretty early on in the film, and once that twist is has happened, it's pretty fucking dull to be honest. Is the twist that um... Angus Scrim's not in it from Phantasm. That is not the twist because he was called it. the Tall Man, wasn't it? No, he's not in it. I wish he was. The twist. I mean, it's it's been out for ten years, so if you you don't know the twist, but spoilers galore. By the way, in this episode, when we get to our favourite films and stuff, I'm sure we'll be spoiling them for you with a plob. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Yeah, just uh, but, like every other week, really. The uh, the twist in this is that it's actually Jessica Beale's character that's been abducting the children. She's not tall, nor a man. No, it's it's her, and she's like a nurse, and I think there's a doctor, and they kidnap sort of white trash poor children and sell them to uh, people in the big city with big dreams. That's nice, isn't it? Just running a service, really. Then yeah, and it's it's just fucking shit, Ken. I don't know. Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah. What did you yeah. think to it? Did you like it? I thought it was all right, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I didn't think it was great, but I didn't think it was terrible. Yeah, I just thought it was boring. Man, that's the thing. Like, the guy yeah, who I did Mars is, yeah. makes this. Yeah. It's boring. God damn it. Pa- God damn it, Pascal Logier. <laughs> Sacre bleu Pascal. Yeah, it's not... I wouldn't say it's a horror film, would you? No, it's kind of just like supernatural elements to it, but they're not. And uh, it's kind of like a slow burner thriller kind of thing, isn't it? Oh, the, I remember the the uh, policeman in it made me laugh. Just a ridiculous um, depiction of a of a detective in it. I can't remember who played him. I think it or was it a sheriff. I can't remember if it was a sheriff or a detective or both. There might be two actually, and they're both just ridiculous in it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there we go. Jessica Biel, tall man. Give it a watch. <laughs> it was on Prime. <laughs> Fully recommended. Yeah, if, if you really love the martyrs, you're going to really fucking think this is boring as fuck. Nice. Recommendation <laughs> there for everyone. Okay, now I actually have notes for the, the other ones I've done, so it should be getting a bit better now. <laughs> All right, I got before. I've got no notes on any of mine. I'm just I'm freewheeling on my, my dislike or my amusement value. Yeah, when did you when did you watch your number five? In August, as soon as it came out, pretty much. No, oh, okay. It was, it was right there, right there on the uh, new releases on Netflix, and uh, of course, that was it. Red rag to a bull. What's your number four? My number four. It's another Netflix one, actually. I think I watched this when it came out, and this one is Shotgun Wedding. Shotgun Wedding. Never heard of it. It's Jennifer Lopez. Holy shit! It's Jenny from the Block. Bloody hell. And uh, I can't remember his fucking name now. The guy that was in it as well. Jenny from the Fats. <laughs> That's him, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try and find out what his name is. I've forgotten it. It's a shame. Oh. Yeah, I've done that. Josh Duhamel. 
That's him. Yes. Yeah. Your your mate from one of the Duhamel families. <laughs> My best mate. Yeah. You like them, don't you? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Josh Duhamel. Yeah. Well, this um, this is another Netflix film. I think it was out 2022 or it did come out in February. I don't know. I'm pretty sure I watched it when it came out. Um, Prime. Oh, is it a Prime? Yeah, oh, I've just it? seen I the. Uh, it's on Netflix as well. All right, maybe the, then. Um, just looking at the cover, I've seen the cover of this. Yeah, like it's uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's um, it's an attempt at comedy, which uh, I think is always dangerous. Uh, if I'm going to sit and watch one of those, they have to be either just offensive as hell, or they're not fucking funny at all. And this was mm. the second one. This was just not funny. It was. It's over the top. But shit, Jennifer Lopez obviously uh, gets her gets her ass out in a little little tiny hot pants because she has to keep proving that she's still physically attractive to youngsters, uh, which seems to be the main thing of her films these days. We've got to have one scene of her in underwear or something. I've never argued, never complained. I haven't. I'm not complaining about this one either. It's just unnecessary, um, but also one of the best things of the film. So you know. It's not funny. This film is it's like a terrorism attack on the in this film, which is hilarious, as you'll all agree. Um, just <laughs> interrupting their wedding, they're getting married. They're also arguing. All the family turn up, who are all arguing and a bunch of dicks. You know, it's it's the classic case, and uh, they've got to team up and defeat terrorism. <laughs> it's Taylor's old as time, isn't it? But um, but it, it's it's not very funny. I tell you the best person in this, Lenny Kravitz. I was going to say, I see it's got Lenny Kravitz in it. He's the best thing in the film. Does he still look the same age? Yes, he does, yeah. <laughs> he still looks like he's he in got, the 90s. Yeah, he's not got any older at all. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> he's, damn he's it, Lenny. He's got, you've got Jennifer Coolidge, who just plays the same character again, you know. like the, Stippler's mom. The, yeah, exactly. That's That's her, basically. Uh, says, yeah. says inappropriate stuff whilst being somehow still remotely sexy. I don't know how she does it, but it still works. Uh, you got Cheech Bloody Marin. He's in it. What's he doing? Is he smoking the reefer? He's smoking the hashish. Bloody hell. Uh, no, he's just in it as well. Uh, he's just some rich fuck. And uh, I think he's a rich fuck. I don't think he is, actually. No, I've thought about it. I think it's the other dad is. But yeah, it's just like a Is mismatch, he... mismatch of uh, man and wife, uh, or both thinking are we really suited together, uh, having last minute doubts about their wedding. What do you mean the other dad? It's Cheech fucking Marin, Jennifer Lopez's dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I can't remember Jesus the exact Christ. Uh, the exact links between everybody, but uh, yeah. If he was like, I should set you up with my daughter, and you just knew him, you'd think, no, you're all right, Cheech. Yeah. But there she is. I don't know if it is her dad, to be honest. It's def- he's definitely one of them, I think. Yeah, he's got the same last name as the, the other character. I'm just looking there at the go. IMDb there you now. Go, then you see. That's it. That's her dad, Jennifer Lopez, daughter of Cheech. <laughs> Cheech Lopez. Yeah, so that, that's, me, that's me number four. Not as enjoyable. S- still, you know, I mean, the, the fact is, the, these films so far, my five and my four, They've got a fucking big budget that you can see mm. that by the people who are in it. So that you've got names of people that you've heard of, and uh, 
and they've got the backing, and it, it's just fucking rubbish. It's just like stupid, pointless film, and that's this one. Fair enough. So, Shotgun Wedding, watch it on Prime. Yeah, go on. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Okay, so my number three, Ken. Go on. It is Megan. Ooh, okay. Or Mithrigan. Yeah. I tell you what, whoever come up with that, if they do two more sequels, they're going to be fucking hated by whoever does the third one. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. You can't put two of them in there. Uh, yeah, not, I've not seen this one. I've not seen it because uh, I'm not that bothered. Yeah, I can't really remember why I watched it. I think I was with someone else when I watched it. And my fear with it is exactly why I don't like it. And that's it's a PG-13 horror film anyway. And it's just like Chucky Light. I saw someone that said that it's like a remake of the Child's Play remake, which I think is a very good way of putting it. In the defense of this film, um, Megan herself or itself it's pretty fucking sexy though right the tone is all over the place (laughs) it's just like that fucking sentence from ken (laughs) why she's not fucking real tone's all over the place is she real no she's not a real fucking like person though is she no is she a real person in real life is megan the robot a real person no no, but like, is it is it played? Is the robot played by a human actress? I, don't th- I think so, but I think like the head's like CGI. Oh shit! Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Sorry, it is. It's played by a real person. So uh, okay, forget it. Uh, they should have leaned into the horror more. Um, sometimes it's. I think also. I feel, I feel like the actors themselves, depending on which actors on the screen, I think is playing it differently. Some people think they're in horror films. Some people think they're in a comedy. Some people think they're in a coming-of-age fucking film. There's, like, dancing and singing at one point, which I was like, oh, God, this, is, this isn't this is for me. Uh, it's just you know, a bit I, I saw, I saw that, you know, like the teaser bit where it starts dancing and that. And I yeah. thought it was somebody had spoofed uh, the fucking trailer or something. Mm. I didn't realise that that's actually in the real film. I thought it was somebody saying, oh, yeah, but what if this killer doll started dancing? This would be funny. No, it no, actually is in the film. Yeah, it does do that, and it also sings as well. It likes singing. Similar to, to when I thought, look at this, look, somebody's put Christopher Walken in a Fat Boy Slim video. That's funny. And it turns out that actually just was the video. Yeah, just him dancing around the place. Yeah, which I didn't realise. I thought it was again people had just spoofed it. Apparently, there is an R-rated. There is an R-rated version of this. Yeah, what happens? Sex doll. <laughs> but they um, screen tested it, and the PG thirteen one did better with audiences, so they released that one instead. And I think you can tell there's times where you can you can see dialogues been overdubbed, or there's sentences that have been spliced together, and. Well, like Steven Seagal's voice suddenly turns up. Yeah, pretty much. And also, <laughs> and also, it's 102 minutes long, which is way too long. It that needs to be 15 long. minutes shorter. You're right. That is I think, too long. I think I've said it before. Like any film is 90 minutes. You should be 90 minutes. Like only in particular or you know circumstances should a film be over 90 minutes if it's really needed. This isn't. This could have been 90 minutes. It could have been 15 minutes shorter easily. And the kills aren't good. Like anytime you get to a kill, you cut away before anything happens. So I think I think that maybe this would be different if I'd seen the R-rated version. Maybe that would have worked better for me personally. Um, 
but the one I saw with the dancing and the singing and you no know, decent deaths and I just didn't really enjoy it that much. I thought it was okay, but I just didn't really enjoy it that much. No, nah, I think my son's seen this. He he said it's not really anything. Yeah, so that's just, it as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He just, said, he just said it's just a film. It just sits there, and you know that's it. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't do anything. It's yeah. not any kind of genre, and it's not successful in any way. Pretending to, yeah, be. yeah, absolutely. I agree with him. So yeah, my number three, Megan. Nice one. Uh, your number three. My number three is another new film, and this one, this this new film. Uh, where are we? I'm just having a quick look through my book. I watched um, on the 5th of December. It was new out that week, I believe. And it is a Christmas family comedy. What? And it's called Family Switch. Oh, this sounds terrible. It's got Ed Helms in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, Jennifer Garner. Interesting. So what's that about then? Basically, they all switch with each other. You've got uh, the dad, the mom, the son and the daughter, a little baby and a little pooch, a little dog. And uh, they switch in a Christmas miracle wish. What do you mean? They're going to stay in each other's houses? (laughs) No, they're all one big happy family. But they're not happy, you see, because they're all at loggerheads with each other. So they're all arguing with each other. And then they all decide, well, you see how you like it. If you switch and you you live as me for a bit. And they all wish it at the same time. And that happens. And uh, hilarity is supposed to ensue. And uh, fucking hell, it's, it's embarrassing. It really is an embarrassment. I was embarrassed watching it. The mum swaps bodies with the daughter. The dad swaps bodies with the son. Uh, and hilariously... The baby swaps bodies with the dog in uh, some of the worst fucking CGI ever to grace the screen. And this is a fucking brand new film. That's how shit this is. It sounds absolutely hilarious to me. Yeah, well, I thought it would. I know you like this kind of shit, this kind of shenanigans. (laughs) And we've got each one of these characters, obviously apart from the dog and the baby who are just fucking in the background. Well, no, they're not. Sorry, they're not just fucking in the background. (laughs) Let's make that clear. Sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, no, of course not. Um, they're just in the background fucking about. But each of the other four members of the family have got a very, very important moment in their lives coming up in the next couple of days. And, oh, no, it's coincided with a total body switch. Oh, Classic. Tale yeah. as old as time. I know. It was all caused by some mysterious old fucking bitch who whispers some nonsense at them, uh, says she's a fortune teller. Uh, they go up, the planets all align, and uh, they all say at the same time, I wish I was a fucking uh, somebody else and shit. And they all go, boom, next day they are. Wish the dog and the baby had swapped bodies. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird, wouldn't it, if that was what they all wished? And that was the only thing that fucking happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, not, nothing, nothing's fucking real in this film. There's, it's like they've, they've all got right. So the dad, the dad's got his uh, a big audition because he used to want to be in a band and uh, he, he was out of the band. And, you know, 
never got to uh, to like to travel to do the tour and everything. Although they could have been really, really big, but he had to leave. And um, the the wife, she's got was a the big... band called Just Desserts. <laughs> no, Creme Brulee. Sorry, Creme Brulee. Yeah, the album was Just Desserts. Um, <laughs> The mum's got a big meeting coming up that if she gets this uh, this contract, she'll be made partner in whatever fucking job she does. The daughter, she plays soccer. She's a soccer player. And uh, she's got the big trials coming up with the US national coach coming to have a look at some poxy fucking school team. The brother is, in fact, a fucking geek whiz kid. Uh, and he's got an application for fucking Harvard coming up, even though he's like 12 or some shit. I don't really know how old he's supposed to be, like 15, 16, something like that. So he swaps bodies with Ed Helms, who's a hit wannabe rocker, uh, who's you know is now just a teacher, music teacher at school. So he swaps bodies there. And then the daughter, who wants to be a, a soccer player, swaps bodies with the mum, who doesn't like her playing soccer, because says you should fucking sort yourself out, get a proper job, do, you know, do, do stuff, stop following her dreams and uh, just settle for some shit instead. And it's all a heartwarming tale of how they all come together to conquer each of their individual tasks. And uh, it's, a, it's a fucking hundred minutes. And after, after 40 minutes, I actually I went to get another beer because I thought, oh, fucking hell, I'll need another beer. You watching this on your own? I'm not watching this on my own. It wasn't my fucking choice, no. And I thought, how the fuck are they (laughs) going to keep this joke going for another hour? And they fucking don't half try. It's such a stretch. It really is a stretch to do. Obviously, it all goes wrong. They all say they hate each other. Uh, They all then hear about, like somebody says, oh, I remember you telling me all about how much you love your daughter. And of course, it is her daughter in her mum's body. And she's like really yeah you never stop talking about how proud you are of her and you know the daughter's realizing that her mom always and oh it's it's just that and that and that four fucking times where they all realize that the person they now are always loved the person that they actually were and oh it's fucking amazing such a happy ending and so quick it really just fucking ends it's just like Oh, I want to go to Harvard. Actually, no, fuck it. No, I don't. I want to stay around and be a kid for a bit longer because I've missed out on all my childhood because I'm a geeky little fuck. And then the girl's like, oh, um, I wanted to be a footballer, but um, because of my mum, I, I, I didn't actually try that hard and I was too busy looking out for the well-being of other people. And then the, the fucking the scout turns up and just says, I saw you play football and I can tell you that I want somebody who's got compassion for their fellow team members and all that shit. So you're in the fucking team, even though you played shit and you could have won, but you didn't. The mum, she gets the fucking promotion because she just fucked off halfway through the thing and said, my team will sort this out and just fucking left. So she gets the promotion because she has a team that she can rely on. Therefore, she's exactly what they need as partnership material. And the kid... Even though uh, she just fucked off. Yeah. So she gets the promotion because her team fucking delivered the pitch. Then the dad, he gets to play in a band, battle of the bands because they all leave their prospective shit to go and support the, the kid as the dad. And all they sing is Santa Claus is coming to town. And then this guy comes on stage and says, 
congratulations, you're going to Hollywood. And it's like, what? How shit was everybody else that that's fucking won that competition? Everybody turns up, the, the mum's fucking team turn up with the person they were pitching to. He turns up and says, this is the best fucking night of my life, <laughs> even though he's a millionaire <laughs> and some shit. <laughs> and honestly, it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then they all what, got I back. I thought he was in a band. Like, he's just a singing yeah. a cappella band. No, 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 no. He's, he's, he's playing the guitar as well, which is odd that he can do that, considering he's the kid and not the dad. But, you know, he can't. I thought that would be and, the whole point of the that he can't play an instrument. No, he's just nervous because he's a geek and doesn't want to do it. But then they remind him that when they used to do their Christmas videos, he always used to join in. So he takes that and becomes confident, you see, in performing in front of other people. So that enables the dad to get what he wanted, the daughter gets what she wanted, the mum gets what she wanted, and the son decides instead to hang around so he can have sex with this fucking girl that he fancies. That's the plot, and that's the end. In the in the dad's body? No, they all switch back. Oh, okay. No, there is, there is an absolutely awful scene of the brother and sister ad as uh, the parents where her friends, the, the mum's friends, force them to kiss to show that they love each other. It's fucking horrible. Why would that happen in real life if you're adults? It wouldn't. None of it would happen in real life at all, but it's fucking terrible. And guess who the bloody director is? It's our old fucking mate, McGee. Oh, God. <laughs> From the babysitter. <laughs> uh, what a dick. Yeah. What about, is, is the stinger that... The... Is the stinger that the dog and the baby don't swap back? No, no, that they just swap back as well. It's not interesting that bit. They're just in the background. Uh, the baby runs around like scratching its ass on the floor and d- doing dog things, but it's all CGI shit. It looks awful. And what's the dog doing? Uh, walking on its hind legs and using a potty. Fantastic, McGee, you fucking idiot. Yeah, <laughs> written by about four fucking people as well, that film. Yeah, and like the babysitter then. Awful, honestly. Remember yeah, that point really, in really time where, everyone was, where everyone was obsessed with that girl from the babysitter? The yeah. one that was like screaming. Samara Weaver? No, the, the one that just sort of screams into the air from the second one. Everyone was obsessed with her. She did like Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where she is now. I don't know. She's probably gone on to do nothing. I mean, that sounds fucking awful, that film, Ken. It is very, very poor indeed, honestly. It's uh, absolutely awful. And again, brand new, on Netflix. Go and watch it and fucking hate yourself. Okay, so my number, what are we on here? Two? Two. We are on two. See, this is my number two. I didn't even really not like this film. I just didn't fucking enjoy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? This this is a write-off this year for my sort of worst films, in quotation marks. Uh, so for me, my number two is a film called 3,000 Years of Longing. Fuck it up. Have you heard of it? I don't think I have. George Miller. Right. So the director of Mad Max. Go on. This was his follow-up to Mad Max Fury Road, and it's Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. Idris Elba plays a genie. Oh, fucking hell. And Tilda Swinton plays this sort of uptight, asexual, I think, professor. I can't remember what she does as a job. 
and she's in a hotel room and the genie comes out the lamp and for 108 minutes tells you his fucking life story and Jesus fucking Christ. But that's, why? You feel you feel a, all of the 108 minute runtime. What why is why is this happening? I don't know. I don't know if she rubs the lamp or whatever and obviously she, he needs to provide three wishes, but instead she wants to hear his whole fucking life story. Fuck and me. we do get it. It's 97% CGI, this film. I mean, it's a good-looking film. I mean, you look at George Miller, and, you know, he's known for practical stuff, isn't he, where he can. You know, Mad Max was an absolutely unbelievable film to watch. But this, there's there's so much CGI in it. Same cinematographer who did Mad Max Fury Road. It is a great-looking film. But most of it's a conversation in a hotel room, and when we do get cutbacks to his his life, it's kind of just I'm not interested in what the, what the it's it's sort of almost like an anthology actually, you get like three stories and none of them I really enjoyed. I saw a, a review cool, for man. this, yeah, I saw a review for this where it said this would work better as an audio book, and I think that's absolutely true. Not what you want then in a film, is it that? <laughs> No, it's it's honestly it's such a slow paced film. It's like I was watching it with my my girlfriend at the time, and and she, she was asleep within half an hour, and it was I think it was her choice to put it on, and I'd never heard of it before, and it was so slow and so dull. Idris Elba, I like, I like him as an actor. I like Tilda Swinton. Um, didn't like either of them in this, and it's a hundred eight minutes long, and you feel every single minute. As I say, it's about twenty minutes too long. Could have cut twenty minutes out. Wow. Nothing funny goes on. Nothing so bad it's good goes on. Nothing so good it's good goes on. It just happens. Just nothing good at all then. <laughs> no. You just think, well, that looked good, that film. And that was it. And then the film's ended. To be fair, you're saying that it looks great and everything, and it's a really good looking film, and yet you would have preferred it to be an audio book. So that yeah. really shows how shit it must have been in, in total. Yeah, honestly, like. Visually, it it does look good, but but you'd rather not have seen it and just listen to it. Yeah, if that was an audio book, I think actually it was adapted from a book. So there you go. Just read the fucking book, I guess, people. Thanks. I'll avoid it. Yeah, that's all I've got to say on it. Three thousand years of longing, but at the same at the same time, it didn't offend me. I would. It's not like this. This my number one where I was angered by the film. I just thought it was boring. I mean, Megan, I just thought I didn't. that just wasn't for me. That wasn't my thing. The tall man was boring. Sick was just a bit too preachy with the COVID stuff. None of them I really disliked, to be honest. But it's just been such a poor year for me watching terrible films because anything terrible I watch is for this podcast now. So I try and stay clear of them. But yeah, 3,000 Years of Longing, number two. You're a bloody amateur, Dom. <laughs> I'm What's only picking, two, I'm picking I'm picking films that people have heard of. Wait till I get to the honourable mentions of all the ones that you've never heard of that were a lot shitter than the ones I'm discussing. Right, my number two, if you'll excuse the expression, is Jason Statham, The Meg Two. Oh really? It is. Ben Wheatley, isn't it? It is. What a fucking shit show from him. Oh, Honestly. God. I'm a big big Ben Wheatley fan as well. Yeah, well, this is nothing like Ben Wheatley film, trust me. It's like he was just given all the money in the world and thought, oh, fuck, now what am I supposed to do? This isn't what I'm used to. Ben Wheatley, of course, he was sort of known for sort of low-budget British films, isn't he? Yeah, you know, the gritty ones. Yeah. 
yeah, there's fuck all grit in this. I tell you, it's yeah, it um, looks very. It, it's it's just it's nonsense. It starts off like some sort of Jurassic Park where you're kind of thinking, okay, let's see where this goes. It doesn't fucking go anywhere, to be honest. It just stops that and starts again. So the opening scene made you think, this could be interesting. And then it said, right, that's enough of that. Let's get back to uh, the shit. And then it starts a new film where Jason Statham is uh, some sort of fucking secret agent. No, no way. Yeah, and well, he's he's not though, is he? He's a fucking supposed to be some sort of marine biologist or some bollocks. But instead, he's a secret agent running around, diving off ships, fucking assassinating people, and all this bollocks. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fucking film is this supposed to be? And then there's a bit about some sharks. Uh, then they fuck off underwater and walk about the place. Um, it's just terrible. It really is. There's multiple Megs as well. And um, it's just absolutely awful. It really is terrible. They've got some uh, characters from the first film, apparently, but I don't fucking know because I didn't care. I didn't care enough to remember them. So I'm not certain if they are from the first film or whether they just pretended to recognise each other. The CGI is terrible. They kind of forget about the sharks for a good half of the film when it turns into Die Hard with some terrorists turning off. What? Yeah, some terrorism, some uh, double crossing going on. Uh, then the sharks turn up again. And um, then it ends in some sort of big shark fucking climax of the film where there's a massive octopus turning up as well for a fight. And then he just finishes. And you just think, what the fucking hell was that? Well, these things are usually like stupid bollocks fun kind of stuff. Is this not yeah. the case with the Meg? No, no, they, they go they go into like terrorist territory, and uh, mm. yeah, so it's like and then and there's some sharks. It's kind of like that. Oh yeah, and the sharks are still about. It's like the sharks are secondary to everything else, which is fucking ridiculous considering it's called Meg. But yeah, it's um, it's it's not good. I didn't really like the first one. I was looking forward to when they made the the Meg. You know, because it was, it was going on and on and on for years and years, and you're there thinking, "Come on, somebody make it!" And then finally, they said, "We're going to," and it's got Jason fucking Statham in it, and you think, "Oh, great, that's going to be shit, then, isn't it?" And it was, but it was at least <laughs> it was enjoyable. And now they've brought this one out; it's even fucking worse. And Ben Wheatley, honestly, I do, I honestly don't think Ben Wheatley knew what the fuck he was doing, and I think he's just been given what to do by the studios and he's just gone oh, fuck's sake and yeah and he just has this would be his first sort of big budget studio film wouldn't it i mean yeah looking at the films the films that i've seen that i that i like of his was like kill list sightseers a yeah. field in england those are the films yeah. uh in the earth yeah which which are like fucking very very horrible films if anything aren't they yeah especially kill list is unbelievable from him yeah 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 which is it's a great film um, Sightseers is very funny, but also like just dark as fuck, isn't it? That in the comedy aspect. Mm. But yeah, it's 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 just not good in the slightest. This film, even the action that's shit. A shame. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's why it's that high up. It's actually this one for the for the budget. I don't know what the fucking excuse is. You've got a great director. You've got an able cast. I mean, stay them, stay them, as he always is. Um, but the budget's fucking amazing, and the film's shit. 
So what the what you know, what's your excuse? There shouldn't really be one. That's that's how disappointing this is. You got everything going mm. for you and you just fuck it all up. Just I found it just pointless. The whole thing was just pointless. Well there you go. Number two for Ken, the Meg two. Okay, I got my number one here, Ken. Go on. No, this is one this is one that is a legitimate worst thing. I, if if I'd have seen like a few bad films this year, I think this still would have been my number one because I fucking hated this film. Well, what I've done, what I've done is exactly the same. This this film that I've got now for my number one, you won't have heard of, you won't have seen it. Uh, so confident am I that if yours is the same as mine, I will give you four billion dollars. Well, it won't be because people will have heard of this. <laughs> I'm safe. My number one, Ken, is The Exorcist Believer. Ooh. Good day. Hey, be home by dinner. I love you. Good morning, Mr. Fielding. Good morning, Catherine. And here are your daughters, Angela and Catherine. It's about seven hours ago, and that's the last information we have. Catherine! Angela! If you can hear this, we love you. Please come home. Hey, hey, you found her? What are you and Catherine doing out there in those woods? They were just walking and walking. That's what I remember. Angela, can you tell your dad how long you were gone? A few hours. Baby, you've been gone three days. people out there who have. You have some experience with possession. Yes, more than I'd like. seen this i haven't no no i have not seen this film fucking hell <laughs> right <laughs> this is a a reboot sequel to the original exorcist if you think oh you mean a bit like halloween how the new halloween trilogy started as reboot to the original yes and that's because it's directed by the same fucking man and, and written by him as well and the same Hooray! people that wrote halloween ends Hooray! the same people that wrote halloween ends wrote this fucking piece of shit this is david gordon green <laughs> welcome back david were you know my number one last year i'm pretty sure you were <laughs> consistent this this love affair is continuing yeah 
Uh, it's not scary. It's not interesting. Literally everything that makes the original great is not in this at all. Uh, Ellen Burstyn's in it. Oh, yes. Played Chris McNeil, the mother. She's in this for as much time, Ken, as you've spent having a shit this morning. Fucking hell. I bet she got paid more than I did. <laughs> she said, oh, I certainly hope so. Because <laughs> Chris McNeil, the way they use her in this, she's a legacy character. Again, David Gordon Green loves a fucking legacy character. You bought Laurie Strode back, uh, back. You're like, excellent. Next thing you know, everyone from every single film's in it uh, to varying degrees. And uh, Ellen Burstyn, she's back in this. And they treat that character with such, it seems, hatred and just pointlessness that it really just annoyed me for the whole film. She turns up sort of halfway through. Stop me if you've heard this before, Ken. And she's a sort of drunken, alienated from her family, living alone old woman. Wow, where where do they get their ideas, these guys? Yeah, exactly. And then, because the, basically what, what, what this film's about is there's two girls who are mates. One of them, the, the mom's died. So they go off into the woods and they do a little seance to try and get in touch with the mom. And then those girls go missing for three days in the woods. That's the first half an hour of the film. And it wasn't, to be honest with you, I didn't hate that, that part of it. When it's not referencing the 73 Exorcist, I think it was 73. When it's not mentioning the initial, the original Exorcist, it was fine. The girls come back a little bit worse for wear, but ultimately they're okay. And then slowly but surely they start becoming possessed. The dad speaks to the, a nurse at the place because the nurse also, the nurse that's looking after them in the hospital also happens to be the neighbor. So that's fucking fortunate, isn't it? And she says, she says, why don't you go and talk to Chris McNeil, who's wrote a book about it, wrote a book about what happened to her daughter back in the 70s in New England. And he was like, you know what? I fucking will. And she's like, well, go on then, you fuck. <laughs> and off he fucks. That's dialogue for you. <laughs> we should write one of these. Let's let's do a legacy <laughs> fucking pitch. <laughs> yeah. He goes off to see Chris McNeil. She starts speaking to him. And remember in the original film, when she just let the priest do what they needed to do, and she was just this sort of scared mom who wanted anything to make sure her daughter was okay and to keep it all in-house. She didn't want a big, you know, hoo-ha about it in the press or anything like that well she's, I do, she's yeah. released a I do. Book. yeah she's released a best-selling book about it <laughs> her and her daughter are estranged and uh, it turns out no ken she was actually upset and blamed the patriarchy for not letting her in the room in the original i'm like the patriarchy what the fuck are you talking about ellen she does, she, does she mean elderly max van Sydow refusing to let her in just it's like who is this character? This isn't like how Chris would turn out to be, I wouldn't have thought. This is just, what the fuck have you got her speaking about now? And anyway, she says, uh, yeah, fuck it, I'll come on, I'll, I'll come and help you. Why not? Goes and sees the girls in the... Um... Are you going to watch this film, by the way? Yeah, yeah, of course I will. Spoiler free then, spoiler free. But basically, Ellen Burstyn is not in this film for very long. Are you sure that's spoiler free? That's kind of given me a hint as to what happens. No, no, she's she's in it 
for the middle bit for a, about four minutes and then appears sporadically until the end. And it's just like, what a fucking waste of this character. This has literally been added in so that fans of the original will see her in the trailer. Like, all of her appearance in this film, pretty much 99% of her appearance is in the trailer. And it's just a thing for people to be like, oh, shit, Ellen Burstyn's in this. I'm going to go and watch it. That's the only reason I can think that they've included her in it. Nice. David Gordon Green, you son of a bitch. (laughs) You've done it Uh, again. Jump scares. Too many fucking jump scares. How many jump scares are in the original? None. One. Something like that. They're, they're every fucking 30 seconds once the kids are um, possessed. Also, I don't see why you need two possessed kids because there's two of them. One of them, you don't really fucking give a shit. Like, they don't go into any backstory. You're not really with her for that long. It's all about the one with the, the single dad. So I don't see the point of having the two of them if you're not going to use both of them. Just a load of fucking shit. Ken, what do you reckon? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> You've sold me on and it. Also, also, David Gordon Green is absolutely obsessed with community overcoming evil. Oh, He's doing no. it again in this. Oh, for fuck's this, sake. This evil dies tonight. He's happening again where the fucking townsfolk get involved. What are they saying in this one? The ending exorcism scene, Ken. You know, like in the original, two priests who... Fucking yes. both end up dying to help save this fucking young girl's life. In this, at one point, there must be 15 people in this fucking room. With Are them. they all priests? All from different faiths, different religions. Some oh. aren't even religious. Oh. And they're all they're all just praying. And it's like, <laughs> get the Some fuck not out of here. religious, right? They've just turned yeah. up. They're just, fucking... they're just coming with goodwill. <laughs> there's a guy see. in there, I swear. There's, I swear there's a priest that turns up and I'm like, are you, I haven't even seen you in this yet. Who the fuck are you? Who's let you in? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Is there a woman at the back with a fucking iron? Just sort of with a clothes iron. <laughs> yeah. So one guy just drops down from the ceiling, smiling like an airplane. <laughs> Sounds fucking brilliant. I've got a Mark Kermode, who, you know, famously... You know, really well-known reviewer in England. Indeed. Famously, his favourite film is the original The Exorcist. I've got his little... I've got a little quote for him from after he watched this film. He says, A movie made by people who have seen the original but not seen the original. They've watched it but haven't understood it. They've quoted it without ever taking on board what it meant. It has nothing to do with The Exorcist apart from the title. I hope Ellen Burstyn did something wonderful with the pay. Dumb, boring, dull. It's as bad as it could have been, and then some. Nice. And uh, I'll leave, and I'm going to leave it as well with a final quote. And this is from William Friedkin shortly before he passed away when they told him, or when he found out that David Gordon Green was going to be making this film. He said, The guy who made those new Halloween sequels is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right, my signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens, but if there's a spirit world and I can come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's nice. (laughs) Exorcist Believer, my number one. And also... 
Ken, you'll be delighted to know. Go on. There's two sequels in the pipeline for oh, it. Oh, yes. Pazuzu dies tonight. Yeah. Is that what they were all saying? They... Oh, there is there is a um a face. There's a face that looks like something from the fucking I think Mark Kermo described it as Marilyn Manson. That's the the demon face that's from the original, that's back, but looking like the nun from the conjuring universe. Oh yeah. Looking like uh, Papa Lazarou. Yeah. There's an absolutely terrible Mercedes McCambridge devil voice attempt that's oh, fucking terrible. Superb. Yeah, and uh, there's another uh, cameo as well that's five seconds long and just think, you fucking idiots. Anyway, carry on. You're number one, Ken. (laughs) I'm going to watch that. I can't wait for that to come out. I'm watching that. Guaranteed. Uh, My number one uh, is slightly less known, I would imagine, than, uh, than Dom's, and it is Terror at Bigfoot Pond. We're standing in front of the Ghost Ranch, New Mexico. Hey, New Mexico, rock! Wanna go skinny dipping? Ooh, it's creepy out here. What's that? Did you guys hear that sound? I thought that was you. Dude, it wasn't me. It was like right behind me. I could have been a dog or deer. Or... I ain't playing, guys. I really don't like that. Is that, is that a person? Is that like a homeless person? Or is that like a bear? Something, something's not right. Karen and Tommy are missing. Um, see the sleeping bags. Is that? Must be lost. There's so much evidence, though. I didn't even believe. Bigfoot is unreal. Let's get out of here. Yeah. He had me. He had me. Get up. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Twenty twenty film. Uh, it is. I think. It, I think it is slightly less known. <laughs> you think? I think I was overselling <laughs> it. <laughs> it's on uh, Prime. It's and it is fucking woeful. I watched it. In, <laughs> I watched it in June, and I immediately highlighted it in my book as fucking awful. And I thought. <laughs> I've got six more months, and if I watch a worse film than this, I will be so fucking surprised, I'll punch my own dick off. And, <laughs> and sure enough, I haven't. So whilst I've gone for films you've all heard of and uh, just films that irritated me, this one is a fucking hatred film. It is so shit. It's amazing. Is this the one that you sent me the text message saying, I finally found something worse than... Black Shock. Oh, it's close. I'd still think Black Shock's worse than this, but this is fucking terrible. It's, I mean, it's at a pond, yeah? Bigfoot pond, not even a fucking lake. And the pond is just a ma- <laughs> it's just a big puddle. It's not even a real fucking pond. It's useless. There's a group of... Why is it Bigfoot pond? Oh, because Bigfoot's fucking hanging about, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely so hard to spot then if it's at a pond. It shouldn't be because there's no fucking woodland either. It's literally just a <laughs> pond in the middle of an empty field. How they've not seen him, I don't know. 
But there's a group of friends, and they're they're trying to be as diverse as possible. And uh, in that, they are fucking boring as possible as well. And it's uh, supposed to be a found footage. So there's always somebody videoing everything, even when the angle changes. I've, I guess they all had cameras. I don't fucking know. At one point, they say, let's all go skinny dipping. And Yay. yeah, which I thought. In a pond. Well, I thought, well, that's, that's something at least. And uh, yeah, they just all stood in their underpants in a fucking puddle. <laughs> and that's it. That's them skinny dipping. And it's and you just see it. They're just standing there. And it must be a scene for about 20 seconds. And then they just all get out again and go and get dressed. And you think, what's the fucking point of that? You get a dance around a bloody campfire. You get all, all, the, all the females, obviously, they all take their tops off. So we get a little bit of uh, the old tit action, which is, uh, which is good. But uh, unfortunately, all the female characters look like they do. And that's not so good. So there's, there's nothing there that you really want to be seeing, let alone dancing around a fire. Bigfoot. The actual Bigfoot is a bloke in the cheapest fucking Bigfoot suit you can just get from a shop. It is awful. Worse than suburban Sasquatch. It's probably the same fucking one, to be honest. <laughs> the one with the tits. Except, no, no, he's not got as, as good a tits. <laughs> fucking terrible. They're just, none of them know that he's there, even though he keeps walking around going, Urgh! that's the Bigfoot noise. You can just fucking hear him. They're all intense, so how they can't hear him, I don't know. But Intense? <laughs> well, no, no, past tense. <laughs> but it's 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 fucking terrible. It's, there's no good points in this film. Even the tits are rubbish. It's just terrible, terrible film. I've had a look. It's on IMDb, it's got a solid 1.3 out of 10. <laughs> Very <laughs> nice. Fucking hell, it doesn't even deserve that 0.3. <laughs> you have to give it one, otherwise you don't count classes of it in review. But Honestly, it is so fucking awful. The sound quality shit. The picture quality shit. All the acting shit. Everybody in it looks like shit. <laughs> the Bigfoot itself is a pile of shit. And honestly, it is just awful. 100% recommended. It's on Amazon Prime. You'd have more fun literally going and having a shit at your local pond. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> yes, it almost prompted me to go and look at some shit near a pond. That's how bad it is. I could go and sit there and look at that for 76 minutes or however long it is. I'm not even sure. It felt like it was on for about three hours. Let me have a look how long it is. 82 minutes. There you go. Oh, that's a long 82, time. 82 minutes. One of the featured reviews on IMDb just says, no, just no. <laughs> there you go. That's one of them. Words escape me. That's another one. OMG, please don't subject yourself to this. How did you hear about this? Just scrolling through Prime? I just, I've got a list full of this kind of shit, mate, and sometimes <laughs> I actually go for it. And this is one I just went for, and fuck me, it was terrible. <laughs> I'll have a look. It must have been when I was on my four-on-four-off and I just picked a day where I just watched shit. And it was... I've just got it here. It was June the 27th, everybody. 
June 27th. It was the first one of the day that I watched. I then went on to watch four other films to try and forget it. <laughs> there you go. So that good. was a day I watched. I watched five films in a day, and that was the first one I watched, and it was highlighted immediately as the shittiest film of the year. Six months in. Excellent. Have you got any on- honourable mentions for for worst films that you want to? Quickly uh, I have. Through? I have. Yeah, I have because um, I've got other films that you won't have heard of either. But if you do enjoy shit films and like tracking them down, I thought I'd give you a quick heads up on them. Um, first, I did go for Black Demon. As well, Black Demon is another Meg film um, that is a shark out in a mining uh, oil rig Mm. in uh, Mexico, I believe, off the coast of Mexico. Very, very shit film. Yeah. Again, it it tried to come out at the same time as Meg 2, obviously about a Meg as well, but equally as shit, but not quite the same budget. So it doesn't quite class as being as shit as that. It has its excuses. Um, I've got a film called From the Depths, which is a shark attack film, which I also watched in on Prime. That features um, many multiple flashbacks to shark attack that uh, happens in the first couple of minutes. Um, then this woman is haunted by the thought of being attacked by a shark at all times. Mm. The shark itself appears in her hallway, in her house, uh, it's in her fucking closet. She hears a noise. She opens the closet. Fucking shark in there. It's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. She keeps just seeing the hallucinations of a shark everywhere, which uh, <laughs> makes for great viewing because it looks fucking terrible. And then she has some kind of um, uh, American Werewolf in London bullshit where she keeps seeing the um, the dead sister who died in the shark attack and her dead boyfriend who also died. And then that takes over and the film just even gets worse. She's amazing. So that's shit. What else have I got that's shit? I've got one honorable mention. Go on. Uh, it was nearly on the list. Got uh, got kicked out when something else popped into my head, but it was knives out glass onion. Oh yes. I've not seen that one either. Yeah. All style, no substance. Um, Daniel Craig's okay in it. Edward Norton's quite annoying in it. The whole film's quite annoying, if I'm honest. The script's fucking too pleased with itself. All makes no sense or is stupid or all three. Not as good as the original. Not seen that either. Yeah, again, like that wasn't as great as everyone said it was for me, but uh, it was was a lot better than Glass Onion. Kind of. Fun side note as well, the uh, the dad from Exorcist Believer is also in Knives Out Glass Onion. So there we go. Two fucking nice awful link. films this year. Well done, mate. <laughs> uh, I've got a fighting film, though. It's called Enter the Fire from 2018. i tell you who's in that. Lou Ferrigno. He's in it. Oh, D hell, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, that's awful. Uh, enter the fire it's about a brother who's a martial artist who uh, runs away from a gangster kingpin played by big lou and uh, he he wants him back and he like basically runs bare knuckle boxing but the the fucking fighting is terrible <laughs> it really is you're a martial arts film that's where you need to be good and it yeah. fucking isn't yeah god it's absolutely awful 
that one's not probably recommended either. It's available on Prime. And just a quick one, I, I need to mention this. It's a TV show, though. It's not a film. Inside Man, you heard of it? Uh, I've heard of the film as well, The Inside Man. Yeah. But go on, what's the TV show? Is it the same thing? It's the people who wrote Sherlock and Dracula. So Sherlock, obviously, Bernard Cumber, bitch, or whatever his name is. This is... Brandon Slumbersnatch. That's him. This stars David Tennant. Stanley Tucci uh, plays a prisoner on death row in the US who is sort of Hannibal Lecter-esque. He murdered his own wife and then he's used also to help solve other crimes. There's a woman as well who's also trapped down in a cellar in England in an English vicarage and they cross paths in the most unexpected way. Ooh. And holy fucking shit is this thing pleased with itself. Uh, Stanley Tucci plays Jefferson Grief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, writing that down. That's a fucking great name. Jefferson Grief is like help. Like the reason that what staves off his execution is helping with all these other murders. And next to him, he's got this massive black guy called Dylan, who is the comic, comic relief for the whole show. And he is a violent rapist murderer who's playing this um, <laughs> comic relief. And you're like, how can you make this a comedy character? Oh, he's he's a sound funny. Yeah. And oh, God. David Tennant plays a priest who ends up locking this woman down in his cellar. And the reason he locks the woman down in the cellar is because he refuses to give up his um, page boy who's a paedophile. He just he just outright refuses to give this guy up for reasons no one knows. The, the woman who he locks down in the cellar finds this on his laptop or on his son's laptop or something, and or thinks the the USB belongs to the son who she's tutoring. So she thinks the son's a paedophile, and instead of David Tennant explaining to him this is my page boy's USB stick, he just fucking beats her up and throws her down into this cellar. And then he has to try, and then the the <laughs> wife finds out, and he she gets involved. They're trying to keep it away from the son. Oh, fu- it's fucking all over the place. I'm liking the sound of that. It's, Just for Jefferson grief, honestly, Ken. It is. You, you probably should watch it because I think you would hate it. But it honestly, I watched. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I honestly, I watched this and. I, and Every episode, I was just, I could not believe where the, the episode would end and where the episode would take you and the dialogue and the choices. The choices David Tennant makes in this film, no human being would make ever. <laughs> it's so, f- and then Stanley Tucci is just sitting there smirking his way through the whole fucking thing. The way he solves some of these murders he gets given, some of the reasoning is fucking, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> So there's one to do with like zooming in on your phone. Oh my god, it's bad. <laughs> so yeah, I had to include Inside Man. Just a little nod there. Okay, Ken, give, add it to the list. Give, give me your rundown. Five to one. What were your films? Oh, I don't know. When you fucking writing <laughs> it down yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you actually think I've written any of this down in the first place? Now I've got to go back and remember what I've said. <laughs> I think you did this last year as well when I asked you to run them down five to one. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Well, 
<laughs> Why don't you stop fucking doing it then? <laughs> it just makes me look bloody stupid, this. Okay, hang on a second then. Let me try and remember. Number five. Um... <laughs> Number five, Heart of Stone, 2023. Yep, number four. Number four, Shotgun Wedding, 2022. Number three. Number three, Family Switch, 2023. Number two. Number two, Meg 2, 2023. And number one. Finally, Terror at Bigfoot Pond, 2020. (laughs) All relatively recent films, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine all that shit. I'm proud of you. Ah, okay, yeah, proud of you. Thank you. Go for it. Hit me with yours. Okay, so number five, I have Sick, which I think was a 2022 film. Number four, The Tall Man, which is probably the oldest film on either of our lists. It is, yeah. 2012. Then at number three, I've got. Megan or Mithrigan. Mithrigan. That was 2022 as well. Uh, Number two, I've got the fucking snooze fest, but beautiful 3,000 years of longing. That also came out in 2022. And then this year, 2023, my number one, The Exorcist Believer, David Gordon Green, you son of a bitch. Stop remaking (laughs) these fucking films now. You did Halloween, which was all right. The last two were shit. Uh, Kills was, I liked it more than others, I suppose. Ends was an absolute fucking cunt of a film. (laughs) And so was this. Rubbish. (laughs) Anyway. What what do you all think? Anyway, what do you reckon? Any any shits in there for you to polish up and enjoy? Or uh, just a flush straight down the fucking shit? Which one? What do you reckon? Take a shit on David Gordon Green and drop kick him into Bigfoot Pond. Well, I've written some of yours down there, mate, because I think I'm going to watch that, especially that TV show. It sounds absolutely fucking ludicrous. Honestly, it is fucking ridiculous. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. We may have to cover it. <laughs> we may have to cover it. Sounds good to me. I'm doing it just for the names of the characters. Jefferson Grief. Jefferson, Jefferson Grief is one of the best fucking names ever. <laughs> really like him now. Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the bad movie cult. I've got six more months, and if I watch a worse film than this, I will be so fucking surprised, I'll punch my own dick off. <laughs>